Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Anne. And I'm Barbie, Hannah's mom. And we, we saved, saved you a spot. spot. That was perfect. I <laughs> love it. Mom, how about you kick us off? Well, welcome back. We're excited you're with us. And we're really excited about our guests this week. We have the lady etiquette, Mrs. Kelly Ann Yates, and her mom, who's Anne. And Anne, I would love to, I don't know your last name. My name is Anne Hill. Anne Hill, because she is from... England, England today. And Miss um, Kelly is, she's the person everyone wants to know in the Jacksonville area. She leads etiquette in a way no one else can. She's a little coveted and I might be a little intimidated today, to be honest. But Kelly, can you tell a little bit about yourself and, and all that you do? We I yes, feel like absolutely. I know, but please jump in. And please don't be intimidated. And thank you <laughs> thank so much you. for having me on. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm the founder and the director of Lady Etiquette, and I live on Amelia Island. And uh, I teach uh, classic etiquette, not made up woke nonsense. I teach Woo-hoo. standards and uh, traditions. Uh, that have stood the test of time and are still relevant in a modern society. I love that. Well, please tell me, you you said something that, a word that kind of caught me, the word standards. Yes, standards, you know, accepted standards. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a standard would be when you, you go, it could be going into the supermarket, going up to the checkout line, and um, you would not, for example, be on your phone having a conversation, you, you would be having, uh, making eye contact with the sales clerk and thanking them and thanking the person that's uh, wrapping up your groceries. That, that's a standard that's accepted. Wonderful. And that's been around for a long time. And I have my idea why etiquette and standards are important, but I'd rather hear, hear it from you why it's so important. Yes, well, could you imagine um, if we were just going around... Um, with our head down, you know, um, uh, a slouch, uh, not making eye contact. And uh, that's our deportment, first of all. You know, nobody wants to, you know, have a conversation with uh, a slouch that is not looking at you in the eye or they're shifty-eyed. And uh, somebody that's um, rude, shouting, vulgar, uh, talking on their cell phone, Instead of not very pleasant, instead of having a conversation with you eye to eye. Exactly. uh, Yes. It's just simple things, really, that that make this world uh, a a better place, you know, and, uh, you know, to avoid animalistic behavior, which is what we are seeing right now. uh, A lot of animalistic behavior because standards are going down, unfortunately. And that's why it's so important to keep standards. Uh, And we we do have a problem with uh, mental illness. Especially yes. with um, COVID, we saw a lot more of it. Uh, p- social media, you know, there's pros and cons to that. Uh, we we have a lot of children that are, you know, glued to their phones and they find it hard, you know, to have a conversation face to face because they're so used to looking at their cell phone. And I've seen uh, children, teenagers in restaurants texting one another. Instead in, of in the restaurant, in the restaurants, instead of just having a conversation with one another, no, I, I they, because they're comfortable me doing they're, it, sat next to me, and mm. yeah, and it's what they're they're com- complacent with, you know, and uh, and we can do something about that if we show them the right way, and uh, a lot of people think that etiquette is about you know being stuck up, you know, a lot of people don't understand what etiquette is. And really, the, the true meaning of etiquette is it's all about ultimately having confidence in any social setting, giving children, adults confidence. I love that. I think confidence is good. I think, go ahead, Hannah. Yes. No, I was just going to ask, um, yes. did, did your interest in etiquette and deportment stem from your, your mom at all? Uh, or how, a, how did it come to a be? A little bit. Um, you know, I, my, if we want to go back to my upbringing, I, I was brought <laughs> up very middle class, single parent family. And, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. 
And uh, it was very uh, simple upbringing, but my mother did teach me, you know, the basic manners, you mm-hmm. know, please and thank you mm-hmm. and uh, to, you know, to be kind. But uh, etiquette, you know, it's these rules, these standards, the code of polite behaviour. And I became interested in that later in life. Uh, I, I worked for a baroness about 20 years ago. And I became fascinated with etiquette when I was working for this aristocratic family. And, uh, you know, I would watch how they acted and, um, and I saw a lot of things uh, that they were doing that I hadn't seen before. And uh, then I went also into five-star hospitality and I learned a lot with dining etiquette. And uh, it gave me a lot of experience then I went into private aviation and I found myself taking care of the world's wealthiest people. I took care of Warren Buffett, the Bezos family, President Obama, and I saw a lot of life. And a lot of these people did inspire me because one commonality they have is confidence. They have that poise, mm-hmm. that confidence. And um, I was always paying attention to that. I had a lot of training, you know, to be able to serve these people best. Because etiquette is about that as well. It's service. Now, when they trained you, okay, let's, if we may, well, two two things, if we may. I'd love to understand the word deportment a little more. And then I'd like to know when you first started with the Baroness. Yes. What kind of training came to you for that job? Well, my job with the Baroness, I was a nanny. And my nickname was Mary Poppins. <laughs> I love it. And I was, I was teaching English, you know, to the little girl who was also a baroness. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a wonderful job. I was living in a, a palazzo in Florence. I don't they, know what a palazzo had, is. Palazzo is a palace, basically. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And uh, they had a, a castle in Chianti, Tuscany. They were actually the founders of Chianti, the wine, they invented it. My goodness. And their ancestors, one of them was a pope and a president, you know, so they were very uh, aristocratic, prestigious family. And they did inspire me. I guess that was um, the beginning of it when I, you know, started paying attention. And um, I was always fascinated with the royal family, watching the weddings, the protocol, the events growing up in England. How how did you get tied in? To that, to that job, to end up as a nanny for uh, well, a baroness. Well, there's a magazine. It's actually the oldest magazine in the world, and mm-hmm. it's called The Lady Magazine. Okay. The Lady. And uh, I saw this job advertised in there, and of course they're very understated. You know, they, they didn't mention... I didn't know until I got there that they were uh, an aristocratic family. And, uh, and that's how I got the job. I just saw it advertised. There was a lot of jobs back then advertising for uh, positions actually working for the royal family mm-hmm. in England. And you would find it in the Lady magazine. Uh, but uh, that's how I got the position and, working and in you, Florence. you didn't know that it was for this particular family N- until... No. no, not until I got there. And, uh, but I knew, you know, we had a lot of communication mm-hmm. and interview, and, uh, but it wasn't until I got there and then I saw where they were living and then there was a lady that passed over the ropes to me, the previous nanny, and she was the one that informed me, oh, do you realise that she's a baroness and we have to address her as baroness? Interesting. Okay, this, this brings a whole nother set of questions, <laughs> but yes. I, I want to ask your mum, Yes. And, and that's a new term for me. I'm used to mom, which is yeah. flat and not, yeah. not fun. And, and mom feels so much warmer. How did you feel your daughter going off to, to be um, a nanny in a castle? Well, I thought it was a wonderful opportunity for her, really, because she'd already been a nanny to a family in Italy. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she'd been really good at the job. Mm-hmm. And the family were really pleased with her. And then she decided to come back home. And then this job appeared. So I already, I was already used to her from a young age, mm-hmm. working abroad in Europe. And uh, knew she was being a good girl. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's no she surprise. Had good morals. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And um, I was quite excited for her because I never ever had the chance to do anything like that. My mother mm -hmm. died when she was 36 years old. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I was the eldest of five children. Mm-hmm. I was 16 oh. and the youngest was only 11 months old. So our family kind of fell apart. And did Life you... Life was very different. And did you have to help a lot with that? Yes, I had to leave. I went to a grammar school. It was a wonderful school. Mm-hmm. But I had to leave to help look after the children. Sure. I, can't I was like imagine. a mom to them. <laughs> you were like a mom to your siblings. Yes. And so then when your daughter had I these opportunities. Kelly to have a different kind of life to mine. Oh, what a good, what a loving mother. That's, that's an act of love when, when you want them to, to fly. And we'll talk about swan because that reminds me Yes, you embrace the swan. Yeah, yes. And I did a lot of flying. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then you were trained. So you got there, yes. Miss Kelly, and yes. you found out that you were going to be the nanny for, for a baroness, which is very different. I will insert here. Yes. That I was a nanny growing up at a summer resort <laughs> and I lived at a summer resort in the house and I just thought that was the neatest job ever. And I had the children from yes. seven in the morning till seven at night and um, five days a week. And I really wanted to do it seven days a week because the girl who relieved me on the other two days, I had to undo bad behaviors and clean oh, up things. So I thought, yes. I kind of don't want to take a break. But um, yes. Tell me more about the the training and the turnover you got when you became the nanny for the Baroness. Uh, Well, you know, we had to prepare meals. Mm -hmm. And um, it was very nice because the family did include me as well. Uh, In the evening, they would serve wine. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learned about their wine. Uh, But I was responsible for making the the meals for the the child. It was just one child. Okay. And... um, I was allowed to take the child out for walks, mm-hmm. which was lovely. I was able to roam around Florence with the oh, child and imagine. take her to parks and take her on the swing. That was always her favourite thing. What age was and, she? Uh, to the market. Uh, she was about three. Okay. Three years old. Yes. Did she ever get uh, mistaken, mistaken as your child when you were out? I don't, not, not that I remember, no, no, because I was quite young too. I was 21. Oh, you were very young, um, yes. And there was a lot of nannies back then in Florence. You know, whenever I would go to the park, it was filled with n- nannies. <laughs> so it was super common. So yes, very common. Oh, yes. Wow. And did you have a community with other nannies? I could have, but I, I didn't really get hooked up to that because I, I was always busy anyway. Mm-hmm. I was always good at getting, um, going out on my own and exploring. I, I would have weekends off and I would just go on the train and go to Venice, go to Rome and explore on my own. Oh, I was always wow. the, the intrepid traveller. Oh, that sounds, <laughs> sounds like uh, we could do a whole nother podcast on those adventures. You could. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. That's right. Surprisingly, about she was such a shy little girl. Really? A really shy, shy little yes, girl. Yes, the opposite to now. Yes. And now mm. you talk about and grace she's got all and this confidence. confidence mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I believe it's from... The career she's had from a young age, you mm-hmm. know, in the traveling and what she's done on her on her own, you know, that I don't I don't think I could do it. You know, I don't think I could just get on a, a train in Italy and go to Rome and wander around on my own. No, no, so that, that she's takes... got lots of confidence and lots mm-hmm. of common sense from a very young age. Well I, and that... I was always exploring and, and educating myself. Uh, I never went to college. Really? I will share that with you. Now I finished uh, high school and then I was out 17, traveling, working abroad. And uh, I've had the most wonderful education from traveling and uh, my career, you know, working uh, in uh, hospitality industry, working for aristocratic families and, uh, you know, private aviation. I was always um, fanatical with details. And I was always looking. The best training I had was not from like the the, the mandatory training, you know, in aviation, the okay. butler training that I had. Mm-hmm. The best training I had was I was always looking, critiquing people and looking at ways we could improve service. Wonderful. And uh, looking at how people basically make mistakes and thinking how we could reword that, how we could do that in a more graceful manner. And that's really what inspired me. And then I really got into the etiquette, started reading every book under the sun. And, uh, but I, I realized very early on I had my own style. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I don't teach, you know, made up woke nonsense. 
like I'm seeing right now with certain people in the industry. Uh, but I teach standards, uh, but I have my own style in it, you know, which is a lot of common sense, uh, which is what etiquette's also about. Uh, but what, um, well, And you mentioned something, what you're seeing yes. in the industry now. Yes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So the etiquette industry, unfortunately, and I don't want to get too dark with this, sure. try and keep it short and, and light and happy, uh, but it is being hijacked by pro progressive liberal feminists. The media hasn't really picked up on it yet at mm -hmm. all, mm -hmm. but they're teaching um, made-up woke nonsense such as, um, you know, the pronouns, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you, you know, you don't teach somebody, you know, to introduce themselves as, you know, something that is not a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it, it's nothing to do with etiquette. It's It's made up progressive liberal nonsense they're teaching not just the pronouns but there's this uh, ghastly mx title which means that you don't want to go by a mr or a miss or a missus it's something that's not a man or a woman i Did mean what mx, what MX it's I, called. i'm listening in my mouth i'm closing yes. my mouth because i haven't heard this. mx yes and and it's so funny because they pronounce it mix and that's exactly what it does to you it mixes you all up and confuses you and, it, and it's uh, the opposite to what etiquette's all about. It's an oxymoron because mm -hmm. etiquette's all about installing confidence and respect in yourself first. If you don't have respect for yourself, you are never going to have respect for other people. They're also teaching social concepts such as no ladies first, which is very convenient for them because they want to eradicate our, our sex. I don't like to use the word gender. I prefer sex. Okay. Because they use gender for everything. Mm -hmm. and it can get a bit ambiguous. Yes, gender does refer to our sex as well, but it also refers to groups of animals. That's mm -hmm. where it came from. And that's mm -hmm. why they like to use that mm -hmm. because they want to put us into a group of animals, mm -hmm. creating all this animalistic behavior. But it's our sex, our God-given sex. God created man and woman. And of course, you know, not too long ago, you would have thought this is common sense. But now what we're seeing in the media, social media, is, is something else, you know, that's it's the opposite to common sense. You know, you, sh you should not go up to somebody and introduce yourself as something that is not, it's not human. You know, it's, uh, but they're teaching this and they want to eradicate uh, chivalrous demeanor, such as the man... Uh, you know, simply opening the door for a lady, helping the lady with her jacket or pulling the chair for the lady. Now they're saying the progressive liberals that are claiming to be world experts in etiquette. Oh, no, anybody can do that. So they're confusing, you see, our, our, our roles, our male and female roles. And they are trying to eradicate a chivalrous demeanor. But most importantly, they're trying to eradicate our sex femininity and masculinity to confuse society so we don't even know what we're supposed to do anymore and that's what etiquette's all about it's it's these little rules that give us confidence in life mm -hmm. so we know how to behave gracefully we know how to respect uh, a, a man and a, a woman or most importantly a lady and mm -hmm. a gentleman mm -hmm. for example you know I'm, I'm I have a friend that works in the HR industry in England, he's a manager of HR. Uh -huh. And he has had people complain to him, uh, feminists, uh, about a man simply opening the door and saying the, the lady first. And, and I've consulted with him about this because there is nothing wrong with calling out our title. Remember, lady does not only refer to our sex, it refers to a title because we are born, the female sex is born to be a woman, but it takes work and discipline to be a lady. And the, the title lady, I get offended when, when the feminists say this, you know, don't, don't call us a lady. I like to be called a lady. I'm sure you do. I love to be right? called Absolutely. a lady. Yes. And, and it, when we, we moved here, Hannah went to school. She was a sophomore yes. in high school and she came home from school and she said, mom, the boys, even if they don't like you or know you, they open the door for you. No matter what. And yes. it was just such a novel, simple gesture, Southern manners. Well, it southern wasn't necessarily manners. novel, but I would say that it was um, unexpected outside of our family when we lived in Washington state, just, um, just a difference in culture. Um, because mm -hmm. they were already very liberal and progressive up there. Whereas, you know, 
luckily in the in the south there is still a, a bit more tradition yes that's what i love about the south you see i'm from it's quite funny i'm from the south of england mm-hmm. and we have a lot of that southern charm too don't we it's something about living yes. in the south yes uh, that's maybe why i felt so it felt so natural for me when we lived in Georgia. I just fitted right in. My husband's from Los Angeles and people would say to my husband when we first moved there, oh, it must be a shock bringing an English uh, girl to Georgia. And he would say, well, actually, no, it's more of a culture shock for me from Los Angeles because I fitted right in. Mm-hmm. I found it very uh, charming. I love the Southern charm and hospitality. But, but uh, back to that title, Lady, I just want to add that the Lady, a lot of people forget this, Lady is a title that we work very hard for. And, and uh, we deserve to be called a Lady when we work hard for it. And I don't want it to be taken away, but they are working hard at not only taking that title away from us, but now our, our gender, our sex. And, uh, you know, we need to speak up about this because... It's, uh, it's, it's really toxic. They're changing our language, our words. And when they change our, the language, they change the way people think, you see. So it's acceptable. For example, instead of paedophile, they're trying to say now it's a minor attracted person, mm-hmm. which is absolutely revolting. And people need to stand up and say, no, this is not... This is made up woke nonsense. This is not acceptable in a polite society. So, but it's it's crazy because sometimes people come to me on social media, and they say, "Oh, uh, Kelly," or they call me Lady Etiquette. Mm-hmm. You're getting a little bit political. Well, it's like, hey, you should be looking at these people mm-hmm. because they're not teaching standards. Mm-hmm. You know, they're teaching made up woke nonsense and. Um, I'm here to teach the standards that have stood the test of time, give confidence, which is what etiquette's all about, and uh, not teach a dysfunctional society. Etiquette's not about teaching a dysfunctional society. Also, Um, I find it funny when they say that that's political, but if it were to be um, the woke things that we are having to learn, that it's not seen as political, even though it's far more political than teaching tradition or standards. Um, for instance, you know, in a lot of workplaces, you have to take uh, DE and I type courses and, you know, they will openly celebrate Pride Month and all of these different months. Yes. Um, but that's not political, but it is. Yes, it's convenient, isn't it, for them? Exactly. But then when you, there's any pushback, then, oh, you're being political. Yes. Or the moment you want to stand up and talk about Jesus Christ, Christianity. Oh, no, you cannot talk about that. Look what they did to us during COVID. They shut all the churches down. And that's when we saw a lot of people with mental health issues coming out. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, men are are, uh, 10 times more likely to commit suicide than women. Yeah. And uh, feminists, of course, never want to talk about that. Yeah. I don't. I hadn't heard that statistics. That's really devastating. Y- yes, to know that. they die younger than women, and they are much more likely to commit suicide. That's very sad. I did notice during COVID a lot of mental health issues cropped up, and also with all that's taking place in our society, with I can't even keep up. Yes, with, I have family and friends in Washington State, specifically in the Seattle area. Yes, and. Um, I'm a bit ostracized. We had all these cousins and we were really tight and we loved each other and I still love them. And because I like to say I'm old fashioned, I'm ostracized and I'm the cousin that's kind of always on the out. And they're not, yes, they're not flamboyant about it, but I don't miss it. Well, yes. Well, old fashioned, it's a funny two words, isn't it? Old, old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that, that if somebody calls me old fashioned, because it just means you have standards. Absolutely. You have principles. You're a lady to. of principle. You have standards. There's nothing wrong with that being old fashioned. Uh, you know, there was this awful um, man that is, um, well, he's a transvestite and he makes a living um, on sex change operations. Mm -hmm. And he was, when he was interviewed by Matt Walsh, you know, from the Daily Wire, he said that that, um, anybody that that didn't agree with this, Mm -hmm. this mutilating people's bodies, basically, was a dinosaur. 
<laughs> and, you know, I started thinking about it and I thought, gosh, I, I couldn't be more proud to be called a dinosaur because, do you know, dinosaurs lived on the planet for uh, the, all the experts... They, they all agree that they lived around 300 million years on right. the planet. Well, guess what? We haven't been on this planet for a million years because they lived with nature in harmony. All that time, what do we do? We live against nature. What, what they're trying to create, the progressive liberals, is an artificial woke world. And they're trying to rip everybody's confidence away. So we don't even know how to address ourselves. And we, and we can only look at a cell phone to have a conversation. But the fact of the matter is people do want to make eye contact and have a conversation. And that's why uh, I'm passionate about etiquette and deportment, the way we carry ourselves. And, uh, and it's so important. And, and that's why I can talk about it very confidently. Because I know what I'm talking about and I'm not making stuff up. Yeah. It's encouraging. And you don't have to know the rules when... I think what that's my take. <laughs> that, that's my takeaway. Yes, is yes. as I'm listening to you. Yes, with what's happening right now. Yes, in our society, I have to figure out the rules and keep up with the rules, and yes. I'm constantly being educated because I don't intentionally want to offend anyone, but I also want to hold true to my standards. Yes, and yes, we- I think the way I feel and I believe are pretty simplistic. Absolutely. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you you have a darn lot of etiquette, I would say, because uh, Jesus, you know, he he was a a wonderful role model for etiquette. And there, of course, there is rules. Etiquette is about rules, you know, standards that we follow. One rule is uh, we don't use a, a knife on our bread roll. We break it with our hands. And then we use the knife, you know, to just butter the bread knife. Mm -hmm. But we break it with our hands. And that came from Jesus Christ, the breaking of the bread at the Last Supper. So there is a lot of rules that come actually from Jesus Christ, our Savior. I don't think I even knew that. I mean, it makes sense because it's it's a butter knife uh, that we use. Yes. And I mean, I I never cut my roll. I would always tear it. That's right. And then spread it, you know, with spread the butter with the knife. But I never even had the correlation between the two. And you break breads with friends, break break bread, like, let's meet and break bread. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's an expression. With a, with, with a bread roll, but of course not with toast. <laughs> right. <laughs> and make sure you have a plate underneath of it and, and, and don't make crumbs. Yeah. Yes, a lot of religious connotations. So it's lovely. But I do. And so be proud to be a Christian. I do love that. I, how, do, how do you suggest... Because being a Christian, you know, we yes. love everyone. Absolutely. As our neighbors, yes. as ourself, which is everyone. Yes. And I do. I love all the people that don't agree with me. Except for I don't know that I always feel it's the other way. No. It and that, really that, is. And that's very gracious of you. What are you talking about? You feel intimidated by me. It sounds like you've got a lot of more etiquette than than a lot of people I know. And, and um, you're a gracious, graceful lady. Uh, well, that that's a, that tells you a lot about your heart. That tells me a lot about your heart well, and thank soul. You. Mm. Uh, but um, but yes, we have to remember. So, for example, going back to Jesus, you know, he had all these, you know, often deplorable people going to him. Uh, you know, he had the lowest of the low, prostitutes, tax collectors. And uh, yes, you know, we love everybody. And there's people that are trying to change the church right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, say, you know, you must accept, you know, things always start off small, don't they? Mm -hmm. First, it was gay marriage. Uh, Then, you know, they're imposing in our church. They're they're not happy with the civil marriage. They want to get married in a church. And now Church of England, we've got uh, a lot of, um, well, it's been hijacked by these woke leaders, unfortunately. Uh, We have a great leader over there, Calvin Robinson on GB News, and Mm -hmm. he's been speaking out against it. And... um, He's, he's wonderful if you ever want to look him up. I mm-hmm. do recommend him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was watching uh, him at the Oxford, uh, uh, his Oxford speech, which went viral on uh, YouTube. And he made a good point that resonated with me about these low people, you know, low lives that went to Jesus. And he said that, you know, it wasn't Jesus that changed. It was the people that changed. Mm-hmm. So why are you trying to change our church? I think I heard this speech. 
Did you I hear was, it? It's was that very the powerful. Union? I, I, I believe I heard it. I didn't I didn't know yeah. who he was and I just thought, oh, this is good. This yes. Is so it's something we should remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true. And uh, they're trying to change the church. They already have done a lot of damage in the Church of England. Oh, yes. Um, Definitely. There, is, there are some brave leaders like Calvin Robinson in England that are speaking out against it. You know, because we've got transvestites now going into the Church of England. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's just a, a big, become a joke and a freak show. Yeah. You know, and and they're sexualizing everything, imposing their views down our our throats. No, I completely agree with that. Um, I was actually having a conversation with my husband Casey, and he was talking about um, the feminization of church, and if church has become too feminine, Um, because he was listening to a podcast, and the podcast said, "No, we don't think church has become too feminine." But he brought up some good counterpoints about how. It kind of has, and not feminine in the fact that oh, it's oh, it's feminine and it's catering, catering towards ladies, but feminine in the fact that even the men are becoming feminine. And um, yes, because they're like, emasculating men. Aren't yeah, they? they're emasculating men, and they're uh, almost discouraging. And this is in all churches, of course. Yes, um, but they're discouraging men from being men and women from being women. And yes. it's kind of just okay to be whatever. <laughs> yes, I know. And what, whatever, just go with the flow. And so nobody knows how to act anymore. Exactly. Uh, that's and it's harming the, marriages and yes. children. Yes. And marriage is so important. You know, it's a lot of people forget. I saw this uh, video. It was a brief video on social media, Godie Horn talking about marriage. But of course, she's she's never been married to... Kurt Russell? Uh, Kurt, I, I think actually... Correction, I think they married briefly, got divorced, and then they stayed together. Something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Or she was married to somebody else. No, she was married before. Do you remember? She was married before, but she never married Kirk Russell, right? And they're together forever. But she was being asked a question about marriage and what did it mean to you? And she said that, well, you know, I never got married because it's just a business deal. And it was so hurtful listening to this and really disappointing because I always liked Goldie Horn as an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought a business deal, you know, how, how funny because a lot of people forget that the country should be run as a business. Right. And that's why uh, President Trump was success- so successful running the country because he ran it as a business. But a marriage to be run as a, a business? And she said, well, in the end, somebody always gets the money and it shouldn't be this way. And I thought it was very disrespectful because marriage is, you know, it's a sacrament and uh, it, it's, it's very disrespectful. Feminists always love to go after the constitution of marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marriage is all about, you know, self-respect, respecting one another. It's love, everlasting love. Two people becoming one. Two people becoming one, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole podcast we could talk about marriage, isn't there? We could. My mom and dad were married for 57 years before he passed away. Yes. And they started dating. He wanted to marry her when she was 15 years old. (laughs) And he, he told her on their very first date, he said, I'm going to marry you. Oh, how romantic. And, and this ring, this ring that I'm yes. wearing today, uh, he gave her on their second date oh. when she was 16. And as soon as she turned 18, they were married. But Oh, that is romantic. It, I'm a romantic, by the way. That's something I haven't shared. <laughs> it's wonderful. Hopeless romantic. You know what? Romance will carry you away. And, and sometimes it carries yes. you because marriage is hard and it's a lot of work. Yes, and, indeed. And I watched, you know, them have their fun times. And he always said, oh, she's a darling. And he adored my mother. But at the end of um, their life, my dad, he was a railroad or a hard worker. He, he peeled logs and, and sh- they together built their house, a log house with big stones. Yes. And then his body failed and she took care of him for two and a half, three years. And he, he fortunately, he never wanted to lose his capacity, his mental capacity, but it failed a bit. And we were happy because for him to not be the hard charger taking care of everything big at the farm, it was uh, God's grace that if his mind failed him a little bit. But yes. that wasn't a business deal. That was love and commitment. Yes, it's demeaning, isn't it? And I, mm. can I just make a point, a quick mm. point? You know how I mentioned things start off small. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are so oblivious to this because they don't think about it. They don't realize, they just accept how our language gets manipulated and taken from us. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to uh, the, the mid-60s. There was a feminist called Sheila Michaels mm-hmm. and uh, she was staying at a friend's house. The story goes, 
She's at her friend's house. This Marxist magazine comes in the mail and she sees this this name, um, Ms, M-S, uh-huh. Ms, and it resonates with her. And she had never seen a marriage that she wanted to emulate. So she said, you know, this would make a good title for me because I don't want to be a Miss or a Miss Mrs. Uh-huh. Do you see where this is uh-huh. going? Uh-huh. So she went on to a radio show and uh, she declared this title and another feminist overheard Gloria Steinem. Okay. Yep. Baby killer. I didn't say that. <laughs> Gloria Steinem. And she said she was looking for a, a name for an up and coming magazine. And she said, this is, this is it. This is the name. Mm-hmm. Because it represents disrespect for being single and for being married. It was all an attack against the constitution of marriage. But you see how things start off small. How they, they try to take our confidence away from us. Because there's no shame in being single no. Or married, certainly not married, but the silly MS title, uh, yes. uh, which was made up by these feminists. And uh, then it was announced on the front cover of the New York Times. So that gave it some mm-hmm. normalization. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all there in New York, of course. Mm-hmm. And then a, a Democrat congresswoman uh, made it legal for women not to re- reveal their, their, if they were married. Uh, or or single for that matter on paper and it was very disingenuous and and you know the queen of england who's very was very well well respected by everybody it didn't matter what your politics are do you know something interesting a lot of people don't know this she never accepted that ghastly title she never used it in formal letters she always addressed people as miss or missus because she knew it was made up woke nonsense i she did a, not know that and i really I've read about her. I've watched yes. YouTube documentaries. I'm intrigued with her. Yes. What a strong, committed lady she was. Oh, yes. Absolutely. A great lady. Margaret Thatcher, our first yes. female prime minister. Yes. Strong woman. She once said that I hate feminism and feminism hates me because she knew what it was all about. She said, feminism, I have gotten, I've gotten nothing to thank the feminists for being in this position the first female prime minister of England. And that was, um, I graduated high school in 1980. Yes. And so we were learning civics and so much about Margaret Thatcher. And she was the iron lady. The iron lady. Oh, a great, great lady. The lady's not for turning. Yep. But you see, that's something I don't teach and I stand against. And uh, in my class, I, I, I make, I show the ladies a good point and I take my wedding ring off. I said, it's no different than me removing my wedding ring now and just hiding or hiding it behind my back. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? And I've had big group classes. Nobody can put their hand up and argue that. You I know? like that. Well, I sadly was divorced. Um, goodness, it's been 34 years ago. And I worked in a high school. And you need a title when you work in a high school. And I was divorced. Yes. And I went by Miss Dodge. And it was in high school. Which is her maiden name. Y- which yes. was my maiden name. And, yes. and the students would come up, you can't be Miss you're, you're divorced and, and you're not young. And I look, I'd look and I'm like, thank you very much. Mm. But then I oh, would what, say, what a load of poppycock. <laughs> but, but, but I said, I said, no, yeah. I can't be. Miss means an unmarried lady. Yes, absolutely. I am a lady. Well I done. am unmarried. I and they, that. and they would just look at me like, yeah. And I'd be like, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm Miss Dodge. Would they think That's that right. you should be Ms? What, what, they what was their Ms. thought? They wanted me to be Ms. And I said, I'm not Ms. Yes. I don't embrace that. Yes, I love that. Give, give her a clap. <laughs> yes. Dear, here. Love you. it. Girl power. Oh. Um, but the, yes, quite right. So um, you should ask them, have you ever seen the movie Driving Miss Daisy? I have not seen that movie. So have she you? went by an elderly lady. She was M-I-S-S. Oh, uh, there's there's been a lot. Miss um, uh, Agatha Christie, Miss, help me out, Mum, I've forgotten her name. You know the great detective, Agatha Christie's greatest, oh. Miss Marple. Yeah. Oh, Miss oh, Marple. Yes. Miss Marple. I was yeah. also an elderly lady, M I S S. Good on her. I like that. So you can see, it's just why do we accept this nonsense? But my point is, things start off small. First, they try to shame us for being married and single. Now they're trying to shame our sex. And we've got to stand up. Ladies need to stand up and gentlemen and say, no, this is made up woke nonsense. It's ripping people's confidence away uh, and it's creating animalistic behavior. Uh, It's creating a dysfunctional society. 
And, uh, and that's why it has everything to do with etiquette. So when people say to me occasionally, oh, you're getting a little political lady etiquette, I say, no, this is all connected with etiquette. If you want to talk about politics, go after the progressive liberals that are making up all this nonsense. Would you agree with there's a difference between politics and good and evil? Or are they combined so much? I guess maybe what, oh, I, what the question is, <laughs> what the question is more so is people yeah. think you're talking about politics. Yes. And oftentimes I think we're talking about good and evil. Absolutely. Or or yeah. Without hesitation. We've got definitely good and evil at work here. I was De- only and the devil is about that today, wasn't I? The devil. to the television. Were you? Yes. About the evil that's going on here with your politics oh, with this, with in America. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I couldn't believe some of it, some of it, but I was compared to England. To the evil, yeah. you know, it's bad enough in my country, but here, well, one aspect of evil, we've got the border, and we're allowing all these people coming in, these illegal immigrants, and uh, you know, drug traffickers bringing in illegal guns. But the biggest problem is, of course, the human trafficking. America's, you know, the top destination in the world for human trafficking. And we were reminded about it last night. We went to see The Sound of Freedom. Mm -hmm. Great movie, second time for me. Everybody needs to see The Sound of Freedom. You have seen it, haven't you, ladies? Oh, yes. We we both saw it. We saw it at a different... Hannah went alone. I was proud of her for going all by herself, (laughs) but she really wanted to pay attention to the movie. And... um, you know, we talked on an earlier podcast, and I shared with you ladies today yes. that someone was trying to take Hannah back when she was seven or eight years old. 20 years ago. <laughs> and it was 20 years ago, yes. but but it's a real thing in the Jacksonville area and Florida. Yes, it's a prime spot, isn't it? Exactly. And we, we, um, we have a little thing we do with our daughter to keep her safe. We have a tracker. So mm-hmm. we, we can track her, you know, if somebody was to take her. Do you I have, won't say what kind of tracker. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. What your secret? No, no, but that's no, good. But, but I, I talked to, to different yeah. friends about the tracker idea. Also, do you and your daughter have a secret word? Uh, no. We have a family secret we word. We have a family oh. secret word because with AI these days. Yes, artificial intelligence. We, we have a secret word yes. so that if somebody called, because they only need, my son actually bought this just to show us. He's an engineer. He's really bright and intense. Yes. He, he teaches us lots of things, but he bought this AI program. Yes. And so he says, mom, come over. And so I came over and he talked in this little microphone. And then he turned the microphone to Huli and he flipped a switch and he said, Huli, tell mom, I'm sorry, mom, I really miss you and I love you. And she's like, I'm sorry, mom, I really miss you and I really love you. And it was my son's voice. And I said, Huli, stop that. And she looked at me, what am I doing, mom? I don't understand why you're calling me Huli. And it was my son's voice come back. It was real-time automation. So we have, Mm -hmm. and, and for years we've had a family word a secret code word that if somebody comes up to you and tells you something, my children, if they're questioning it, should say, what's the secret word? Yes. Mm, yes, exactly. And, and Oh, that's a good idea. It was something helpful. It was yes. another thing. I love the tracker idea. Yes. Whatever well, you can yes. do. Well, we went to Vietnam for a month. So we were, you know, never been to Vietnam before. We're a little bit uh, concerned about the safety. Mm-hmm. But oh my goodness, we, we felt a lot safer there than here. And they have a lot more control over their borders there. It's very hard to get in and out of the country there. They don't mess about. I, uh, I don't understand why we, we would mess up. We would mess around with that. Can I can right. I share something? Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I want to go back to that. Yes, I can talk all day about that because I came here legally. Yes, and that's yes. what gave me respect for the country oh, because yes, you, you know you have to take a civics class <laughs> and that's learn. Right. And you learn about, you know, the government's not supposed to interfere in your business and you learn about the history and it makes you patriotic. You could probably teach us what it means to be an American. (laughs) Well, it teaches you respect for the country. And if you don't come here legally, you're not going to be given the opportunity to respect the country. I love that. Well, it reminds me, I was in um, an area by Dallas, Texas um, on one of my road trips. uh, Miss Ann, I go on road trips all over the country in my van. 
And I was in... That's uh, brave of you. (laughs) I I love it. But I was in Texas and I usually stay in my van, but I got a hotel this night and I was talking to this older gentleman at breakfast and asking him different questions. And I was asking him about the border. Yes. And he was talking about it and he worked in the hotel. And I was asking him about that location. And he said, well, he said some areas aren't safe anymore because so many people have come in illegally. Yes. And he said, what happens is he said, when someone places a flag, he said, think clear back to when we landed on the moon. You're claiming territory. Yes. Yes. And he said, when they place their flag and not our flag, they're claiming territory. And then their allegiance is to their territory, not our territory. And Mm -hmm. he said the open borders versus being legal. He said, it's a problem because they're not honoring our territory and we're not working together for the common good. Yes, exactly. But, but please tell me about Vietnam. Oh, well, it would surprise me. Um, It's funny because Vietnam, you know, if the older generation it was it was really uh, weird because we had a lot of negative uh, statements when we mentioned we were going to Vietnam. My husband received negative statements. Oh. I did. Oh, you're going to Vietnam? Why? What a strange. Why are you going to Vietnam? And and uh, you know, there's a lot of um, um, you know memories of the war, right? Sure. Vietnam War. But it's so funny because. You know, and people have a hard time letting go of that, and they still think it's the same as 50, 60 years ago. I was going to say that was... But uh, the Vietnamese, they've been through a lot of wars. You know, they've been against the Chinese, the Japanese, the British, Australians, America, French, you name it. And um, what I admired about them when we went there was that they don't have any animosity towards anybody. They love Americans. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't see... We didn't meet one grumpy person the whole month we were there. Nobody frowned. It was, everybody was smiling and uh, they, people were so charming and kind. I had, when we got to the airport in uh, Ho Chi Minh City, I used my Wi-Fi when I was there. I didn't use my cellular data. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to switch off from all that. And um, I, I did, um, I, I utilized an app. It was called the Grab app. It's a bit like our Uber app. Okay. So it's, it works wonderfully. It's very convenient to get a taxi. But when I went outside the airport, I lost my Wi-Fi. And this random man just came over and, and helped me. And he, and he, his taxi was waiting for him. And he said, oh, it's okay. And the taxi went. And he just stayed with me and my husband and daughter to make sure we got a taxi. And it was just like things like that, How strangers wonderful. we would meet that would do, you know, random acts of kindness. It was very special. We went, went into a coffee shop and there's this coffee. There's all kinds of coffees there. It's a wonderful place if you oh, enjoy coffee. Like yes, I do. And uh, it's the second exporter of coffee in the world. They made this egg coffee, which is, it sounds gross, <laughs> but it's not. It's absolutely delicious. It's smooth, a little bit sweet. Well, they whip up this egg. for. They whip it for like forever, it seemed like. It must have been at least three minutes. And I even started a video to film them whipping the egg mm-hmm. because it's quite a bit of art that goes into making this coffee. And it just went on for so long. I thought I would never be able to put this on social media because right. it's too long. But uh, when I when he came to present the coffees, my daughter had the sorted coffee, I had an egg coffee, I went to give him a little tip. And he was so shocked. And I thought, my goodness, you would never get this in Starbucks, this kind of service. Mm-hmm. They would never spend that time whipping a coffee. And uh, it's not a tipping country, though. It's not. I knew that because I know, you know, you I teach. You always study, actually, don't you? Yes, I teach cross-cultural training for companies that are also getting ready to go overseas. Okay. So they know how to interact with the people so they don't offend the culture and traditions of the people. So I have to know about little things like that. But sometimes, because... I live in America and it's such a tipping culture. If somebody does something outstanding and you just want to give them a couple of dollars, you know, but he was so shocked, you know, and he's like, you want to tip me? And, but I said, yes, this is wonderful service. Please just take this. Uh, but no, it's not a tipping culture. And um, I hate to say this, some people might get offended by hearing this in the hospitality industry here, uh, but the service was far superior over there and no tipping. You, you tr- get treated like royalty everywhere you go. Uh, even if it's in a, you know, a little 
like gas station or a little um, supermarket. You know, the people treat you I with such that. respect. I miss that. I went to Singapore when you were younger. Um, when Hannah was younger, I went to Singapore and I flew out yes. of Seattle. I went through Japan, I believe. Yeah, I flew, flew into Tokyo and then on to Singapore. Yes. And that flight, I felt like a princess. They treated me. It was It was a different... It was a different standard for the flight attendants. And I know yes. you've, you've done hospitality on airplanes. Yes, I actually worked uh, for an airline years okay. ago. I spent most of my career in private aviation hospitality, but I did work for an airline like that. It was called Gulf Air. Okay. And I was based in Bahrain okay. in 2003. And that's where I met my husband in the Middle East. And he's from LA. Yes. That's yes. crazy. So met him. He was doing his security work there for the mm-hmm. government and... Um, uh, but we met, and he likes to say we met in the Garden of Eden because there's a tree there. It's called mm-hmm. the Tree of Life. Uh-huh. So, oh, that's a perfect story. Yes, but uh, Gulf Air has that that high standard. You know, they have standards. Without standards, we would have nothing. It's you know? nice to know, and you like to sign up for standards. Yeah, absolutely. I, so you have expectations, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all about anticipating people's needs. You know, in in just without even. You know, we're working in hospitality etiquette. When you go to somebody's house, it's about anticipating their needs. A lot of people don't realise that. It is connected with service. I think that's why I love it so much because mm-hmm. I always thrived. I always loved, enjoyed taking care of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Queen of England, for example, when somebody would come to her home to have tea with the Queen, mm-hmm. she once the butler brought the tea in and the cakes and everything, she would pour the tea she would pour the tea for her guests because she is the host. So even the queen, even royalty serve. And that's what a lot of people forget, especially in America. You know, the a royal family, that, that's what they do. They, they are serving the people. And they are, you made uh, a great distinction. Um, the queen served versus yes. some people would say, because they twist things now, yes. you couldn't have any tea until she gave it to you. I mean, that's, oh, do you yes, know, do you yeah. know, I, I'm using that as an example to how someone would tri- twist yes, a delightful a good, good situation. Yeah. Yes, I they twist that, everything. I see that oftentimes. Yes. Um, Everything's getting twisted nowadays. And, I, and I'll you look know, and I'll be, I'll shake my head. How did you twist that? No, yes. For example, I'm seeing people say, make, they just make stuff up, you know, and it's, it's astonishing to see. Um, there, I've, I've seen some, you know, they were American uh, etiquette uh, they were claiming to be etiquette experts. And they said that when you go to England, you know, you don't have to curtsy, you know, to the royal family, to the queen. And 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 it's like, my, my goodness, where did you go? Do you, you just make this stuff up? But they're teaching this. So I get offended because I'm very protective with the industry and mm-hmm. passionate about etiquette. And uh, But uh, it is, it's awful to see this when they make things up because obviously when you go anywhere in the world, you have to respect their culture and traditions. So you would curtsy or bow or, you know, you if you go to Japan, you know, you give a deep bow, for example. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you act accordingly. You know, have you ever heard the saying, when in Rome? Mm-hmm. Yes. When in Rome. Yes. Yes. So there's a time and a place. It's a bit like, you know, you see on social media, uh, there's young girls, they're... They're sexualizing their um, accounts with all these provocative photographs in their underwear. And I've stopped following. There was one I interviewed at the beginning of my, when I founded Lady Etiquette. Lovely girl, beautiful girl, running for Miss California. Mm -hmm. But she started posting all these pictures that belonged in, you know, Playboy magazine. And I was horrified, so I stopped following her. And it was such a shame because she didn't have to reduce herself to that. Mm -hmm. But she felt that she did because she was surrounded with all these people in Los Angeles telling her this is the only way to make it. But um, but however, you know, you might be surprised to hear this. I, I think it's perfectly fine if you're in swimwear and you're on the beach mm-hmm. with your family and you mm-hmm. want to post a picture. And you're, I've seen you. You look beautiful in your bikini, by oh, the way, you. Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and mm. that's perfectly fine. Because uh, now there are people that would disagree with me in my industry. Some of them are um, maybe they don't feel confident wearing a swimsuit, mm-hmm. so they're you know they're just negative about the whole you know swimsuit um, exposure. But I think it's very natural if you're on a beach. It's when in Rome, 
There's a time and the place. As long as it's a candid picture and you're not making vulgar, provocative gestures, mm-hmm. then, it, then it's acceptable. <laughs> but not your underwear. Your underwear belongs private for you and your husband. You know, uh, it, Instagram, you know, it's, it's not porn, although they're allowing it, unfortunately. You know, social media is allowing all that. I see transvestites in their underwear and they're using every uh, vulgar, uh, you know, curse word under the sun. But that's allowed all day long and they're trying to normalise that. And yet, you know, I get censored for speaking up about values and traditions that matter and give people confidence in life. I saw that. So ironic, isn't it? I saw you it? were um, censored, your, your Instagram in June, you were yes. censored for three days? Maybe? Yes, yes. Oh, longer than that. I've been censored a few times. Now, I think three times. Uh, my mum got censored the other day. My mum's 81. Oh, no. And she got censored. Oh, I don't know why. I, she doesn't I even know why. Two days I you got I censored, right? Reacted to a post or something. And, my, and could you, you imagine my mum doesn't I, use any vulgarity? No, no. My mum doesn't uh, show her Why naked her naked body. Do that to me. <laughs> I, I couldn't understand it. I almost wonder if because we watch Hannah's Facebook um, quite a bit for the yeah. Mark K show and her Instagram. Yes. Now her Instagram is not very political. You might share a picture of you with Mark or something now and then, mm-hmm. but your Facebook is more conservative. Um, mm-hmm. During when Trump was running for office, the Marquez show would get just on Facebook. That has nothing to do with the radio waves yes. or his other social media. Just yes. Facebook alone was running at 25,000 some, well, I, some d- days. During, during our live broadcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wow. after that, um, her, her Facebook also exploded. But then it's just like somebody put the whole brakes on the thing. You could see it. I had That's a post- what's happened to me. It's yep. disgusting. My followers have stopped. Mm-hmm. I haven't, um, get, I'm just staying around 70,000 followers. Mm-hmm. I, and it's just stored, you know, because they're, they're censoring me. They're um, shadow banning me. They're doing everything they can to stop getting not, my message out. Me, but you're yes. not selling yourself, are you? You're speaking uh, your truth. I'm speaking the truth. I'm not selling my soul to the devil. Mm. Uh, in fact, mum will tell you, she has actually told me, we've had a couple of conversations about this. My mother... Uh, has said, oh gosh, Kelly, you know, you shouldn't make it political. I wouldn't say that if I was you. And what have I said to you, mum? What did I say to you? Do you remember? We've had this conversation a few times. It's what you believe in. I've told my mum, and I would tell anybody this, I don't care about followers. I'm not there to get followers. I'm there to speak the truth and leave messages. Yes, and also I worry about... about you hear about violent people, these mm-hmm. act, violent activists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I worry sure. about yes. some subjects. Sure. For and my daughter's <laughs> safety. And, yes. and that's a normal mother thing because yes. I know Grandma Jan with with your Facebook and you're not super, you know, you, <laughs> opinionated. But but you're I'm very you, opinionated. <laughs> but I don't, sh- I don't. I choose to not share all of my opinions. But, but you but you but you keep it somewhat. Um, yes. Vanilla. Vanilla, you want, that's Because you word. want people to listen to you without scaring them away, maybe. Yes. I, I don't know. There's and a graceful way to do it. And Well, I scared some away on my last post because I pointed out that uh, Michelle Obama uh, and um, Oprah, mm-hmm. if you go on to who they're following and you, you type in the search uh, black, mm-hmm. everything comes up under the sun, mm-hmm. you know, black groups. Now, if you were to change that word and put white, mm-hmm. and, and it was me, for example, following these groups, these radical groups, and right. I just exchanged that black for white, mm-hmm. I would be called a white supremacist. Yes, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. would. So, but these, and, and, and it's, isn't it ironic uh, that these people are all playing the race card? All they talk about is race. Yet you can see what they are. The double standard, yes. The double standard, yes. the hypocrisy. I, Isn't it always, rich? <laughs> I've always been really confused about that because I yes. thought that we were supposed to just love everybody and get past the color thing. Yes, yes. It shouldn't be, you know, Martin Luther King, he, he, his dream was for his children not to be judged by their color, but by the content of their character. And I know, I wrote in my post that Martin Luther King would not be friends with these people because it goes against his dream. 
and and it doesn't matter you know what what color you are it should be about your heart and soul and all lives and, and uh, so it's disgraceful really that people are accepting that and that I cannot believe they have all these followers you know it's astonishing yes, uh, Kim Kardashian all these sexualized posts mm. uh, we we do see a lot of these people uh, that have a lot tremendous amount of followers that are posting the most ugly things that uh, and you can see the devil is at work mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's it's astonishing you know people are following them and um, they could do so much better you know but I it's love a, that speech of Martin Luther King yes he was great it was wonderful we all loved Martin words. Luther King he was a great the words man words of that speech Yes, he wasn't a perfect man. He had affairs, by the way. Let's not forget that. But he was he was a great speaker, no, a lot like President a... Obama in the way mm. he spoke. You know, he, President, President Obama to... was a, a charismatic, charismatic oh, speaker. Very, yes. very charismatic. Yes. yes, a wonderful speaker. Yes, very, he, he charmed me when I met him. You know, I had to, you know, remind myself what he did to, you know what he did to this country with his uh, diabolical policies and how he ruined the country. And that woke me back up out of my... That had was to be well my butterflies. in my country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> President Obama was well loved. Yes, because the media loved him, you know, so people follow the and media. The and the family loved him. Uh, mm. You know, so they would put him up there. And uh, But, you know, isn't it funny? He never had a business. He came out of nowhere. He was just a community organiser. But because he could talk... And he has that poise, that those social skills, mm-hmm. which are very important, mm-hmm. uh, interpersonal skills. That that's why he was successful, and he, he quite a good-looking man too. Well, he's getting getting a little old now. Even as an older man, I think he's he's um, dapper, maybe. Yes, yes, absolutely. Especially if you put a hat on, a flat, a fedora. Fedora, there you go. Fedora. Well, <laughs> Tell me, but, Hannah, um, what are you looking at? Because I, I was looking at—I was looking at the time just we to at? keep you aware. It, we are at an hour and three minutes. Oh my goodness! Oh how goodness! That happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought we were talking for a little while. We could talk till the cows come home. I, I, <laughs> I think we could. Yes. But um, I wanted to kind of. Well, I wanted real quickly before our time gets away from us. You have um, a class coming up. I believe. Yes, it's a ladies' class. So here's something else. So you you can tell that the progressive liberals, they are claiming to be etiquette experts, they will call it uh, gender neutral. Gender neutral, when it's a man and a woman come into a class. Oh, I, I love to teach gender neutral, they say. But my classes, there's none of this gender neutral nonsense. If it's, I do teach men and la- gentlemen and ladies, mm-hmm. but it's co-ed. That's the word, co-ed, when it's, a, you know that, being working as a mm-hmm. former teacher. Uh, when uh, men and women come together f- to learn something, it's co-ed. Not gender neutral. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. it's little things like that, how they creep it into society. Mm-hmm. But this class, is, it's catered for ladies this time. Okay. And it's a three-day intensive uh, etiquette and deportment training where the ladies will have an opportunity to learn British, continental and American fine dining communication skills, all aspects of deportment and uh, proper dress codes and uh, afternoon tea, the connection with the royal family and uh, the history of tea. That's when we finish with a little tea party and graduation and they get a certificate to show that they've attended class. I I think that sounds delightful. Um, That is September 1st. September the the 1st uh, to the 3rd. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Residence Inn on Amelia Island. And how would someone find out more about that? To, if and they, they just need to, to contact me at ladyetiquette.com. Okay. It's the easy way to remember. Okay. Ladyetiquette.com. Oh, can I mention my book? Yes. Yes, please do. We, we, want want to, we so, wanted to. We want you to promote yourself <laughs> in any way that you want to. Take, take it away, well, please. I'm awful. I haven't mentioned my book. That I should talk about my book more on social media because I'm quite proud of it. Uh, I took a couple of years to write it, but only because I had a lot of different things going on at the time. But it is a book for uh, women, not men, that identify as women, that want to learn how to become a lady. And uh, it teaches all aspects of deportment, how we carry ourselves gracefully, walking, sitting, using our hand gestures, and uh, quite a bit of etiquette in there as well. Uh, there's a wonderful chapter on perfume, the power of perfume, and uh, makeup, 
and uh, it's 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 a lovely book. I'm very proud of it. The reviews are coming in, and uh, they're excellent. So. Uh, it's a, it's a book all about empowering our feminine energy, mm-hmm. and it's called The Art of a Feminine Lady, and it's available on Amazon. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited to read it, and I and I plan to. I was looking in the area, and um, Amazon is the best place to get it because yes. it's hard it's hard to find yes, locally. I, yes, it is, and I I did I do have still some books at the the Ritz Carlton, the gift shop there, and, and I'm proud to say it's the only book in their luxury gift shop. Uh, but um, I did have it at the loft on Center Street, and I need to restock there. Restock there. Yes. And your mum is going back to England soon. Yes, I'm oh. leaving on Monday. Oh, I hope you have a safe travel. Oh, it's delightful to get to meet you. Oh, it was wonderful to meet you and Hannah, Hannah of course. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yes. And thank you so much for our cocktails. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, thank you for making us so welcome. We're happy. And I've enjoyed being welcome. here. We love studio. having you. Thank you. Do you have anything mm. to add? No, Mom, you take the words right out of my mouth. And, Mom, and many mocktails. other words. I know I've, I've <laughs> talked quite a bit today and maybe... Um, <laughs> taken over. And, you know, another thought, because, and I want to wrap it up, and you've already wrapped it up, but a little side note, because I know that there are some people listening that um, are in in a different place in, in life with all of that's going on. And I think that they know that we love them when we care about them as individuals. Yes, Even, absolutely. And, and I, yes. I can't say that message too much because I'm feeling the not love sometimes. So I want to make sure mm-hmm. everyone feels that we love them and we pray for them. Hannah and I always pray for everyone who listens yes. to our podcast. I believe though it ultimately it does all come down to confidence. A lot of people that don't feel love is because they're lacking confidence. And that, and that is something that I can help them with because that's what I teach is confidence. Well, I'm looking forward. We don't get to take your next class because I'll be gone, but we will be looking for one mm-hmm. because oh, that I would be think lovely. it would be great fun. Yes, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, I make it. I make it fun in the class. You know, you would be wide awake. Okay, well, I, I, I think that's true. Well, yes. everybody, we love you. We pray for you. We hope you have a fantastic week, and um, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes. And Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>